Yo, yo, another week, another fight podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mayron. I'm here with the illustrious Dave here at the end of Empire. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? It's been quite a week. Um, a lot of stuff has happened. A lot of things have changed. But the fight show must go on, regardless of who's in charge of the country and what they're asking people to do. <laughs> it's weird, because they're taking... They're taking his name off of a lot of shit. They apparently they and, took, you know, they took his videos off of the UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, and like I guess for people who don't know, like Donald Trump was like a huge part of like boxing in the eighties and nineties, and a huge investor of MMA in America in in, in the early two thousands. Yeah, was he? He was part of Affliction. He was part of Affliction, but he also hosted a number of UFC events at his casinos because he needed he needed business. So the UFC went to him and said, "Hey, can we like, you know, like host our events here because no one else wants to, you know, have our cage fighting event?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Um, <laughs> same way he is with boxing and all other combat sports, he will sell to anyone. Have you watched the loneliness of fighting on YouTube? I have not. It is a Bleacher Report, I believe. Or no, not Bleacher Report. It used to be called SB Nation. Now it's called Secret Base. Have you heard of them? I know SB Nation. Yeah, so yeah. I believe now they're called Secret Base. Yeah, they were formerly SB Nation. And they have this series called Fighting in the Age of Loneliness. They've actually just released the whole thing as a supercut. And it goes through the entire history of sort of how the UFC and how MMA in America got to where it is. And it's one of the I've best. Watched it. I've yeah. watched it. So the reason I bring it up is because they go into detail there about how Donald Trump contributed to the rise of MMA in America. And we're getting a little off topic here, but it's it's a really cool look into like how like certain people just have interwoven themselves into the fabric of like all things, right? Trump is one of these people that's been everywhere and has done everything. It's kind of amazing to think about. Well, and as horrible as a guy as he might be, He's a big reason boxing and MMA are still here today in America in the state that they are. <sighs> Shame we gotta deal like, with all these scumbags. Yeah, it's crazy because it's like he was basically like a meme. Oh, he's a meme now, but like yes. Donald Trump wasn't like this kind of person to like us. <laughs> like Not it's, at all. It's, it's really weird because it was like he was always referenced in rap songs. And like, I've watched hundreds of boxing events at his casinos Casinos. all over the country. And it's just like, he was just like this rich guy. He made ties and shit. Like this was not, this was not who we thought he was. And (laughs) this is who he was the entire time. So that's kind of wild, right? But yeah, I mean, we're not here to get too political. It's just, it's just an interesting observation to see that all of this revolves around the same sort of big wigs and, and big money. Maybe it means that one day Dana White will be president of the United States, not just president of the UFC. We'll see. Hopefully not. (laughs) Then none of us are getting paid. Um, There's a bunch of MMA events coming up, most notably in the UFC. I think the first one that we should start off with is one of the best striking matches that is about to come out, which is Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater on ABC. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, What do you think of this? It's a fun fight. Max and Max and Calvin are two of my favorite fighters in all of MMA, and like it, it kind of sucks from like a fan from a fan of them's perspective that they're fighting. 
but it's going to be a hell of a fight. I, I see a lot of people counting out Calvin Cater. It sucks because someone's got to lose. Stylistically, talk to me about Calvin Cater and talk about why essentially he's so good at boxing, in your opinion. I mean, he he is a boxing-heavy MMA fighter. He does kick, but his kicks are, I wouldn't say rudimentary. They're basic. They are afterthoughts. Yeah. Like, he, his kicks are good, but he's not a kicker. Mm-hmm. His boxing is elite. I, personally, I guess Connor is number one, but, like, I think Calvin Cater is definitely, like, a strong number two, in my opinion, for the best, like, pure boxer in MMA. What does that mean to you? Like, when you say that, is it his movement? Is it just the way he throws his hands? Is it the tightness of his combinations? Is it all of the above? All of the above. But particularly for me, I think his combination, his boxing combinations are very, very technical, which you don't really see a lot of in MMA. But I also think that he uses his boxing in a way to supplement his other MMA skills. Like, you know, he knocked out Jeremy Stevens with an elbow off of a boxing combination. Right, and that was kind of like the cheater's elbow in boxing, right? Where you throw the hook and then you mm-hmm. kind of end with the elbow. Right, like I, when I first saw it, I actually thought it was a punch. Right. And you know, um, you, you can't talk about Calvin Cater without talking about the New England cartel, his training team. They're some of the best slash probably underrated like camps in MMA. Um, they have Rob Font who just knocked out Marlon Marais with a jab. <laughs> so they, they, they definitely have a focus on boxing, but they also game plan extremely, extremely well. And I think they're going to have a great game plan for Calvin Cater. Super fun, right? Like, I think this fight is going to be very fun because it's not going to be like super grindy against the cage like that's not what max is gonna do like and max is not gonna just purely box with them either because then max will lose but i think it's gonna be a strike heavy movement heavy kind of fun fight to watch a lot of a lot of things happening all at once um i agree with you that a lot of people are sleeping on calvin cater but i would also add that i think the reason people are sleeping on him is because obviously Max has been such a dominant champion for so long, even his run up into the championship, but also I think because of how sharp he looked in his second fight against Volkanovski, right? If he comes out like he did there with making the quick adjustments, just looking super sharp on the kicks and using the ranginess and finding his timing, there's no one at 145, including Volkanovski that could beat Max. If Max just fights like that every time, he's gonna beat everybody, you know? Yeah, I think that's basically what Max brings to the table that I would probably favor him in a matchup against Cater is that he just has that level that we've seen where he can go to where it's like, this guy is unbeatable. And we haven't necessarily seen that from Calvin Cater yet. So let's assume that, um, just for fun's sake, if Max wins, do they just give him Volkanovski again? I think you have the bank. I don't know, man. I think the best, the best thing for Max, in terms of getting back to the championship, is Volkanovski losing. To yeah, because then it's interesting, right? So you think yeah. Volkanovski fights like Yair or Zabit or somebody? I think it's gonna be T City. Oh, or Brian Ortega. Yeah, it's a great point because he just starts Korean Zombie. 
That's actually going to be a really good fight. If Brian Ortega versus Volkanovski, this version, that would be amazing. And then Max would get the winner. Okay, that seems reasonable. I, I don't know. I mean, I think you, I do think you have to, I think Max deserves that get back. And the if he only, beats Cater, especially, yeah. Yeah, I can only, I'm sure there's probably more, but the only UFC fights that I can think of that had trilogies are Stipe and Daniel and um, JDS and Kane. Right. Yes. I'm sure. Is, there's, I'm sure there's more. I'm, yeah, I'm about to say I'm sure there's more too, but like that's the only three three pieces I can really think of. I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah At least for a belt, for sure. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. I think if Max wins, yeah, you're right. You give T City uh, Volkanovski, see what happens in that fight, and then after whoever wins that gets Max, because unless even if Zabit were to come back or Yair were to come back or some of the people on the outside looking in, they all need one more, assuming they win their next one, you know? Max is the only person that doesn't need one more to then say, I I, I can fight for the title. Because he has that benefit of the doubt from the second fight, I think. I think so. I think if he lost that second fight, clearly it would be a little bit different. For sure. So also on this card is uh, Matt Brown versus Carlos Condit, which is a great old man fight. Um, uh, Carlos Condit has my favorite nickname in fighting history. Really? The natural born killer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah have, you, have you seen the movie? No, I have not. Should I should I watch the movie? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Um, you probably wouldn't like it, but it's but that's the only reason why I don't really like it either. But it's just like the reference, just I don't know. The re- it's literally just the reference to that movie. <laughs> It just sounds it just sounds crazy as shit. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it's it's a really good it's a really good name. Uh, then after that is Lee Jinglang versus Santiago Ponzanibro. Um, this is going to be interesting, right? The dagger versus the leech, both very experienced, both very good at MMA. Uh, the leech has had some really good wins recently, but he lost his last one, I believe. Daniel uh, Magni. Daniel Magni, who we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> And Ponsonibio's coming off of a long layer, two and a half years. Two and a half years. So it'll be see, interesting to see how he comes back. Then you have what some consider to be the human hierarchy in Joaquin Buckley facing someone that I don't know much about. Um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if Joaquin Buckley should be fighting at this weight, but he is. Like, I don't want to say he's small for the weight, but he definitely gives up something in height, I think, to the elite of this weight class, you know? Yeah, I think he has too much muscle mass to cut any more, more. than that. Because I mean, 185 to 170 is 15 pounds. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a yeah. We don't have a we don't we don't have enough weight classes thing, right? And, and you got some short-ish guys there. You do. You have what's his name? Calvin Cal- Robert. So yeah, that's pretty much like the highlights of that fight night, which is again this Saturday. Uh, the 16th at 3 o'clock. Really great fight time. I think you and I are both pretty happy about that, to be honest. The fact that the fight is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I got into an argument with some boxing guys because they were like, oh, boxing is like this like event thing. It's supposed to be like a night out in town to go see the fight. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. I don't care. I'm old. <laughs> I feel like sure maybe it can be a night out in the town but like 
why can't it be like two hours earlier? You go out to like, you're already out by the time the night on the town starts, right? Like, it doesn't yeah. have to start at midnight. Like, that Chris Colbert fight like a month ago was perfect. It was over at 10. If we didn't have to watch the UFC for the podcast, we would have been in bed and perfect. It would have, it would have been great. But yeah, so that's, that's one of a couple big UFC events coming up. Um, the next big one that comes up after this is, well, I guess not big, but still important, is a fight night with Chiesa versus Magni, which is pretty exciting because Magni, who is coming off good wins and has been putting good work in the divisions, is going to be fighting Chiesa, who's a, you know, always a danger and a contender in, in whatever weight class he's in. And I think it's going to be really telling for that weight division as to what happens next with this fight, right? Because if either either one of these guys wins, you know, eight and nine respectively, you move up in the rankings by quite a bit. Yeah, it's interesting because like, I think in a non-pandemic situation, this wouldn't be a fight night headliner. It'd be like co-main for something else? Yeah, I think so. But it's a really, really good fight. It's kind of a, a hardcore fight. Exactly. No, it's a casual fans fight. But both of those guys are really, really talented. Uh, Neil Maggie's on a pretty decent win streak, right? Like five, yes. six fights. He is. He's been putting in work, man. Like he's really been putting in work in the UFC, and it's good to see. It's good to see that he is like getting the recognition he deserves. You know, it's interesting. It's like. I think this will be a good test of both these guys in a way that neither has been tested yet in their careers. I, this would be, each of them is their best opponent, if that makes sense, at this week. For sure. I'm, I'm not as familiar with Chiesa's resume, but definitely Neil Magnus. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the next event that we should talk about, because there's not too much else on that fight card to talk about, except shout-outs to Roxine Matafari, the science teacher who is fighting again. And it's like, it's really cool whenever that she fights, because it's like, wow, you are a legitimate science teacher fighting in the UFC. That's pretty cool. Um, but the next event, obviously, bearing the lead, Saturday, January 23rd at 10 p.m. Eastern, Poirier versus McGregor. I guess a de facto fight for the lightweight title. Um, I mean, Dana has said explicitly that this fight will not crown a champion. But who else is there to fight for it? I guess they want to get it through uh, the Bronx? I think it'll be Gaethje fights the winner of this for the belt. Got you. You think Gaethje gets that? Or I guess they both beat up on Tony and then Gaethje fought could be been lost, so... I don't know. It's just, I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, I don't know if they're going to set up, like, the winner of the co-main versus the winner of the main for the belt. Oh, yeah. Coker like, versus Chandler. That's a fair point. That's a, that would be interesting to get Chandler there that fast, assuming he won, you know? Yeah. I think some I of think, this is dependent on who wins. Yeah. I just can't see. There's no clear, like, winner. This is what happens every time someone leaves the belt, right? When GSP left his division and just left the belt behind, the division is disarray. John Jones left his division, the division is disarray. When the champion decides to not to not lose, but rather just to leave, we don't know what to do. 
I think the GSP thing was a little bit different sure. in this one because the Hendrix fight was really close. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought Hendrix won. Um, we're not going to talk debate about that. But I think that was it was pretty easy for the UFC to just put Hendrix in a title fight. But because everyone's looked bad against Khabib, it's like, who really deserves this? Who lost to, who lost to Khabib the best? Right, but it, it, that on top of the fact that it's like there's a lot of solid contenders at the top five or six. Yeah, it's the most one of the most stacked divisions in MMA, if not the most stacked division. Right, so it's like you know Charles Oliveira just beat Tony fucking Ferguson. What do you do with him? The Bronx. I don't know, man. This this. So let's assume what I thought was gonna happen was I thought Poirier and McGregor fight for like maybe an interim belt or something i don't know and then someone has to fight whoever comes out on the other side like i thought they were going to give gaethje and charles charles Oliveira a fight hooker versus chiesa dustin versus connor and whoever wins like the winners of two of those fights will fight each other for the belt right i think the biggest issue is that i don't think anybody wants any smoke with charles Oliveira. <laughs> you think he's the new boogeyman so- so it's like, I don't know. I can't see Justin taking that fight. Really? You think Justin says no to a fight? Justin Gaethje? I don't, I don't know. Because I just feel like Justin would push for the winner of this fight to fight for the belt. Mm, that's Instead of having point. to fight through Charles Oliveira to get that. So this is what I think is going to happen. The winner of this fight, he fights Justin Gaethje for the title. The winner of Hooker and Chandler fights Charles Oliveira for the next contender. To the belt, not the contender series. No, I understand what you're saying. Okay. That that kind of makes sense to me. So, who gets left out if you do that? The losers. Well, yes, but there's there's six people, right? So there's Hooker and Chandler, Poirier and McGregor, Oliveira and Gaethje. Right. So Poirier, McGregor, one of those gets Hooker. eliminated. Yeah, Poirier, McGregor, Hooker, and Chandler. Two of those guys, the losers get knocked out. Right. So then you have two guys, and then you have a third guy, right, in between Charles Oliveira right. and Gaethje. So which two I think, Gaethje, I think Gaethje is one of the two for the title. Okay. And then so you're... the winner of McGregor and Poirier, I believe, will get Justin Gaethje in a title fight. And then the winner so... of Hooker and Chandler will fight Charles Oliveira for a title shot. So here's my thing. Like, I agree with you. And I, I, now, I, now that you've explained it again, I understand how it works. Because when you first said it, I was like, huh? But now I get it. My question is, all three of those guys that you have in title contention, Gaethje, Poirier, and McGregor, all lost to Khabib. So does the UFC, and does it make sense for you to give the title next up to a guy that just lost to the guy? You know what I'm saying? Or does it not matter? I don't think it matters to the UFC. Okay. If it doesn't matter, then it does. And there's also like this off chance that, um, Dana convinces Khabib to come back. Khabib to come back for one fight. 
But my thing about that, if that happens, it has to be Charles Oliveira. It has to be. It's gonna be or Connor. Shana. It has to be one of those two. It's gonna be Connor. <laughs> You know what they're gonna do. <laughs> Dana's not gonna waste his one fight on someone that's not gonna make him money. I don't want to see it again. You don't want to see it again. Khabib doesn't want it again because he's like, this is dumb. I hate this guy. Why well, do I want to do this again with him? But yes, I would love for it to be Oliveira. But if they convince Khabib to come back, they've either done two things. Either they've decided to actually give in to the demands of GSP at a catch weight, which is ridiculous. Or they've convinced him somehow that he should fight Connor again for the belt. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> I okay. think that I'm actually on. I actually differ. I think that I think Habib, if they gave him enough money, if if that is a true motivator for him, which it hasn't been shown to be, I think Habib only comes out for Chandler or Oliveira because he's beat everybody else, and that's the kind of guy that he is. That's true. He, I don't think he'd do come rematches. out for Chandler. I, I think I think he'd look at Chandler and be like, "This guy just got to the UFC. He only has one fight. Why do I care?" No, that's that's what I'm saying though. Like no one else has like the, if you talk about the top six or top five mm-hmm. he's beat three of them yeah only left his hooker and Oliveira, pretty much right yeah and chandler i guess yeah but Chan- is chandler is, is chandler ranked he's not ranked but like yeah, it's different ranked. yeah yeah i got you it's like it's sim- to me i find it similar to be like with um jerry Prajaka when he fought vulcan Ozemir. right like he wasn't ranked but, but like he's champ so yeah <sighs> We'll see. Who's going to win this fight? Who's going to win? Chandler or Hooker? I don't know. Because we don't really know how... We know that Michael Chandler is good. We know he's good in MMA. We know he's the best in Bellator. We don't know what that means. That doesn't always mean good things. Because the guy that had his number in Bellator was Will Brooks and he was some shit in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know. Yeah, Hooker, in terms of like where he is in his career, is probably by far the best opponent Chandler has faced. Benson Henderson is an incredible fighter, but he was, he was old. past his prime yeah. when he started fighting Michael Chandler. So, and you know, Hooker is just big. He's got a lot of physical advantages against Michael Chandler. So, I don't know if I favor Hooker per se, but uh, no, I favor Hooker. I'm about to say, I do. I favor Hooker. I favor Hooker for all the reasons you said. More UFC experience, bigger, better striker. I think, you know, it's great that Chandler is like the Bellator champ, and I think that definitely means something, and he's very good, and he fights UFC competition in the gym all the time. Like, you know, he trains out of Stanford MMA with Henry Hooft in them, so like, he knows what he's doing. But I just don't know, especially given where Hooker's coming from and sort of coming off of that loss to Poirier and sort of like going through that war, he's going to be hungry and motivated to get a win, man. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think I think this fight is close. I think it's a 60-40 kind of toss-up, but I'm going my 60 with Hooker. Yeah, I think the other thing that has to be taken into consideration is that Hooker is coming off of two wars. Yes. How does that and, affect him? Yeah, I'm not sure how long ago this other one was, but he was also in a war with Barboza. 
that was a while ago. But yeah, you're right. So, you know, he, but also Michael Chandler's been in some wars too in Bellator. So we'll see. We'll see. Both of these guys are kind of like, I don't want to say running out of time, but like Chandler obviously doesn't have a lot of time to be champ. He's got to win because of age, right? If he don't win right. soon, he's not going to have it. Right. And this is, this is a must. I've said this before. But this is a must win for him. He has to win this fight. Exactly. Exactly. Hooker has more time because he's younger, but also, like, those wars catch up to you. And the way he fights, he's not going to have as long of a career because it's like, how much damage can you take? Not that he doesn't give it, but it's like, that's not a sustainable fighting style. Who wins the main event? Who you got? Poirier or McGregor? Um, I think McGregor wins, but I think it's gonna be a decision. I also have the Mystic Mac winning. I don't think he knocks him out in 30 seconds, but I think he's gonna put on a pretty pretty not dominating performance, but a pretty convincing one. He's looked really sharp. He seems like he's focused in and Poirier, I think as we've gone over on this podcast before is better as an all-around MMA fighter, but McGregor's much better at the things that he's much better at, you know? So, like, in the striking department, in the timing department, McGregor is simply leagues above everyone else. So unless you're leagues above everyone else in something particular, like a Khabib was in wrestling, I don't know how you beat McGregor, you know? I agree. Yeah, um... This is a good card. We have, you know, Joanne Calderwood, Calderwood and Jessica I fighting. The return of Nikki Lentz, who's an absolute monster. Brad Tavares, Mariana Rodriguez, and Amanda Rebus in a very, very competitive fight, number eight and nine, respectively, in their division, as well as, oh, for Jessica I and Joanne Calderwood, it's number six and seven. So very close fights on this, on this card. We also have the ter- return of Khalil Roundtree Jr. Um, versus Martin Pat. Pracino. Uh, if Khalil's been in, in Thailand this entire time, I'm very curious to see how he does. To see if he's gotten even just better at kicking people. And uh, Atman Azaitar versus Matt Fervola. So, a very solid pay-per-view card, that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely worth the money, I think. Did you have uh, anything you wanted to add on this? Oh, uh, no, I think I'm good. Is there any boxing that we wanted to talk about at the end of this episode? Um, there's a couple of good fights coming up. Oh, they just announced um, Jamel Herring versus Carl Frampton. Oh, that's an important Fe- fight. February 21st. Ooh, that's an important fight. That's a really good feather in Herring's cap if he wins. Yeah, which I think he should. He should. Uh, especially given uh, the point that Carl Frampton's at in his career and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and he's huge. He's really big for that. He's really big for that weight. He started off at 140. (laughs) That's a given, right? Like, he's bigger than everyone he's fighting, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, ever since he went to Omaha to train with Bud, he has just been... He's developed into a great fighter. I think he's actually, like, super... what his potential coming out of the Olympics was. Which is hard to do, right? Especially for a boxer, once you get to the... like. That's really something. Yeah, because he was a good fighter coming out of the Olympics, but I don't think people thought that he was going to be world champion. And uh, he lost two fights when he was with PBC, and he sort of had to rebuild himself from the ground up with uh, 
Brian McIntyre and Terrence Crawford over there in Omaha, and they built him into a world champion. What's really cool about him is not only he's big and powerful, obviously, and knows what he's doing. I think this Carl Frampton fight is going to be interesting because Frampton, while I think he's going to lose, is going to bring the fight to him, you know, to a certain extent. Like, he's not going to sit back and lay back. Like, he's going to actually fight him. Right. And I think that works to Jamel Herring's skills. Indeed. Anytime. I'm excited for that. Anything is it Ryan Garcia versus Tank's not going to happen, right? These are just fan posters that people are posting. I think it will happen at some point, but like not soon. I don't think it'll be next. I'd be shocked if it was next. Do you think that he'll fight Devin Haney, the mandatory? See, here's my thing. Uh oh, what's your thing? The money part of boxing, I hate so much. Because it's like, that's like the thing. It's like, oh, Devin Haney's a champ, but Ryan Garcia is the name and the cash cow. So it's like, why would he fight Devin Haney when he could fight Tank, the other cash cow? And I'm just like, bro, can they just fight? Like, just someone fight somebody. I thought the point of the mandatory is you can force somebody to fight you. <laughs> but I don't even think Ryan Garcia wants to fight him. So you think he's going to give up his belt? No, I think he'll, I don't know. I, I, boxing <laughs> is annoying. I, I don't like the structure of the UFC from like a, a fighter based standpoint. Perspective, yeah. But like the peace of mind that it gives you when it comes to matchups is like amazing. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a way to fix that. One day we'll do a podcast on how to fix it. I know we've tried before, but there's got to be a way to fix boxing so that you can get equitable pay while still like having the best fight the best you know i don't know man it's just to get rid of all the other like to only have one three-letter organization and one promotion company but then you eliminate competition and then without competition people can't leverage things it's hard it's hard maybe maybe on a, a podcast about politics you'll tell me about how to fix this with communism all right, yeah. We'll I think that's all we got for this week. Um, feel free to, you know, like, comment, subscribe, and disagree with us. We're just two fans talking shit. You got anything else to add? No, I'm good. I think, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing to listen. And we'll be back soon. All right, y'all. Peace and love.